a listener exclusive. From the Penguin Parade at Phillip Island to that new building development in the middle of Warrigal, this is Talking Gippsland with Ed Cowlishaw. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Talking Gippsland. My name's Ed Cowlishaw. Today we head out to the Gippsland township of Woodside and talk about a local institution that's been up and running for over 100 years, the Woodside Beach Hotel. Today we catch up with Clint Hillis, a man that married a local girl, fell in love with the town, had a kick with the local footy team, and always had a dream of buying a pub. He's now the chairman of the Woodside Beach Hotel Business Group, and I caught up with him and spoke about the unique history that presides over the Woodside Beach Hotel. Kick back, relax, and have a bevy with us here on Talking Gippsland. We're here in an establishment that's been around since 1849. It's got a lot of history. Uh, You're not a local, but you're married to a local. Tell us about the journey, about how you got involved with this beautiful township of Woodside. Yeah, well, I was lucky enough to meet my wife in Melbourne, and I thought she said to me I was from Woodend, which was about 45 minutes out of Melbourne, and then I realised that she'd said Woodside, which was two and a half, three hours out of Melbourne. So I was a little bit filthy at the start, but um, (laughs) yeah, I've I've been coming here for call it 15, 16, 17 years now and uh, it's it really has become my second home. Um, so I married into the Fote family uh, and for those who, who know the local community, there's Fote's everywhere. So um, so yeah, married a girl called Kristen. Um, I've been coming here for years and uh, was lucky enough to play two years of local footy uh, and uh, it feels as though I'm a bit of an adopted local. It's funny, isn't it, when you make a move into a local township being accepted because the locals know that's our girl and that's our family and all that sort of stuff how did you go getting initiated into Woodside was it easy because some townships are pretty parochial and go oh here comes another city slicker (laughs) well that's exactly what I was treated like the city slicker and and one of the unfortunate things I suffer from is hay fever and uh, when, when you get down to Woodside, you, you can't stop sneezing and, you know, around the hay and the, the grasses, you, you just get bagged. So, uh, so yeah, I, I was genuinely the city, sicker, the city slicker that couldn't get around the farm. Um, but, yeah, I've been accepted like you wouldn't believe by not only my in-laws and, and family, but the extended community. And, and I think the only reason that sort of took place from the start it was, was the fact that I embraced the community myself by getting involved in the local footy. Um, I was lucky enough to run an event down here called the Woodside Gift, and, and just got to you know got to know so many of them uh, over uh, you know the course of a few of those earlier years. So um, you know we're sitting here in the pub today, but I, I can openly state that even without my wife or family around, I can come down here and have a conversation with so many locals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us about the man uh, that you knew only for 15 years as the Bullet. Um, passed away recently, a local icon. Uh, you were telling me a story about him being a shearer and uh, sounded like an episode of Yellowstone, if you, those have watched that on Netflix and things like that. Uh, he's a tough character and a unique character to Woodside. Yeah, yeah. Well, well I love this man. He, he was obviously my wife's grandfather. Um, but but Bullet was, was named Bullet because everything he did was Bullet again. So uh, he played life hard, uh, he was tough on the footy field, uh, he obviously went off to war and what have you, but this guy was a town legend. Uh, multiple premiership player down the road, a tough shearer, 
and, and often he, his wife would have to come down here and drag him out of the, the establishment here. But um, a, a very, very quick story, and this is a bit of a funny one about the, the bullet, but uh, he was always a little bit funny about the, the pub at one occasion because he had to get up early to shear on, on a number of these occasions. And his mates were up here drinking one night and they kept ringing his house phone. And, and of course, Don went to bed at sort of 6.30, 7 o'clock most nights. And this one particular night, the phone kept ringing and he kept jumping out of bed and, and he, he grabbed this, this call and it was his mates on the other end saying, uh, excuse me, sir, this is uh, so-and-so from Telstra. We're here to test your phone lines. We just need you to uh, whistle uh, for, like a bird from about a metre back from the, uh, from the phone just to check the line. So next thing you know, Don, half asleep, stood back a metre, started whistling into the phones. His mates were at the other end of the, uh, the phone line at the pub, laughing their heads off. Don jumps back on the phone. They say, congratulations, sir. You've won a packet of birdseed. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he, he sort of got a bit funny at the pub at times because his mates used to play uh, these these terrible jokes on him. But uh, when he walked in, he was embraced again. I love it. They, these are the local legends, the icons of towns that... And there's stories untold in a lot of ways, unless you're at the local pub and you hear about these superstars. And looking at the wonderful facility here now at Woodside, where I love it how you got the photography and artwork and, and stories aligning the walls there as well, which help keep the history in a modernised pub. Yeah, 100%. And, um, I mean, it was one of the things we identified straight away is that... It, this is not a money-making venture. We, we wanted this place to be here for the community, and we did. We just wanted them to walk in and see the walls and see their own family's history and see the footy club's history and the netball club's history. That, that was just vital for us. So for, for us, it, we just wanted it to be a home away from home, uh, and that's the environment we've just tried to create. You know, the open fire going and, you know... Uh, footy jumpers on the wall and some of the old photos, you know, it's, um, it's, it's important. I see the smile on you, Don. You've always got a smile on your face, Clint, but you've got a smile there going, I can't believe I'm owning a pub. Has that sort of sunk in yet, that you're, you're a part of this? You're, you're adding to the community, you're adding to another generation of people coming to Woodside, having a beer at the bar, but also creating memories? Yeah, well, I don't say this arrogantly, but there's a scene off the movie Wayne's World Yes. <laughs> where he, he keeps going into this guitar store and he keeps saying to himself, that guitar, it will be mine, oh yes, it will be mine. Excalibur, yeah. I've been saying this <laughs> since I've been coming here for 15 years. I've just loved the place, you know. And, and you've got to remember, the, the place didn't look as, you know, as, as good as it did today. It was just, it was the stories and the memories I had coming to the pub, chatting to locals. I've had some of the greatest nights ever in, yeah. in this pub. And I loved it. I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the dirty carpet, the jukebox, the billiard table. Uh, it, it was brilliant. So I used to say to my wife, I will own that pub. And um, yeah, we're, we're lucky enough today to, to say that we, we own a pot glass of it. <laughs> How many's in the group? How many's part of the team that, knowing you, you've got that many connections that you can poke a stick at. And when you have an idea, you go with it. Um, but how many have you got involved and how hard was it to get a squad together to go, hey, let's do this. Let's, let's get this old girl up and running again. Well, going back to that, that sort of sentiment around community, it, it was really important for us to get people that were locals. Yep. Um, 
I don't think there's anything worse than a, a country or a regional town where they feel as though it's owned by outsiders. So what we did is we just sort of canvassed a few conversations around town, spoke to a few of the local farmers and footy players and fishermen and what have you. And um, that, that's exactly what we did. We just got a few locals involved. There's 11 of us in, in the syndicate. Yep. Um, yeah, and I'm proud to say that the majority uh, that, that are part of it, you know, have a connection to the Woodside community. So uh, that's exactly what we've got. We've got a local farmer. We're lucky enough to have AFL footballer Josh Dunkley, who spent, you know, so much time as a kid here with his old man playing on the billiards table and going to the beach, you know, uh, before coming to the pub. So um, it, it is, it's, it's a great collection of guys that we've been able to share in this, this story with. Um, but yeah, importantly for us, they've got that great connection to the town. So how'd you start? You've got the team together, and if you follow the Facebook journey of the Woodside Pub, uh, you'll see the, the ripping up of the floorboards and the different videos and things like that. How do you break it up and go, right, where do we start? And how do you want the journey to continue on from there? What's the first thing that you're thinking of, of going, right, okay, we've got the team together, we're gonna put money into this, how do you start something like that? Yeah, well, one of the best things we did was we got a local builder and, and you know, a, a guy that knew the area, uh, knew the pub really well, and, and he just presented a vision that we just all loved, and that was to create an environment that was warm, um, you know, like really nice tones of, of call it the landscape and your greens and timbers and, and what have you. And, and we just sort of got on that journey and, and backed him, you know. Um, You'll probably note that I'm sort of sitting quite upright. My back's still stuffed from all the working bees we did. Um, there were a lot of working bees, but I reckon that just made the beer taste that little bit sweeter. Yep. The fact that we've done so much physical work ourselves, being the ownership group. So that's been wonderful. But, you know, Ed, I've spoken to you about this already this morning. It's got to be a phased approach. Owning a pub is very much like owning a farm. Uh, it's never perfect. So we just wanted to get it open. Uh, which we're you know, proud to say that we've done so now. We're really proud of what we've created so far. However, the, the journey is still going. So um, yeah, we've got a couple more phases to go and hopefully uh, the community can sort of keep getting behind us and, and supporting it and we'll, we'll just keep growing it. That's, um, that's what we want to do. Clint Hillis has joined us uh, on Talking Gippsland. Uh, we're talking about the Woodside Pub, uh, his journey of course, uh, falling in love with a Gippsland girl and now he's owning uh, some wonderful property here as well. Come down, have a drink and uh, have some grub as well. Speaking of grub, delicious food, local produce and also a chef uh, that is so important to not only create that atmosphere when it comes to the food and the tasting that, you know, you want quality. You want quality in that kitchen and it looks like you've got one as well. Yeah, I reckon... Uh I suppose this is a hospitality issue in general at the moment, but staff is really hard to come by. And, and I won't say it was easy. It was difficult to find the right guy, but um, we felt that it was really important to get a good chef from the outset. We dabbled with things like, look, we'll just roll with just wood-fired pizzas where you don't need sort of skilled labour to be able to roll out a pizza or what have you. But, um, you know, we were really lucky. We just managed to uh, put out an ad on Seek um, and then Rob, you know, responded to the ad. Uh, he was based in Sydney. Obviously, uh, he's former former Englishman. Um, and uh, as soon as he flew down and, and saw the Woodside community, what we'd sort of created in terms of the pub, uh, where he was going to live, yeah. 
he just fell in love with it. And, and the, I think the thing that sort of resonated with him, it, it felt like home. And I reckon his, his menu has reflected that. You know, he, he's bought a real English-style menu. Uh, his roast of the day on a Sunday have been an absolute classic and an absolute favourite. And, and I, I would say that Sundays has been our cracking day at the moment. Like, that's when the, the community are coming out. It's when people are travelling for the meals off the back of, you know, some of the work we're doing on social media. But, you know, to get a nice Yorkshire pudding oh, cooked by an Englishman. You got me. Um, you you got know, me. <laughs> along with your traditional pub fare, yeah. your steaks and fish yeah. and chips and palmers, uh, he, he's done an outstanding job. So, yeah, we're very lucky to have him. You personally spent some time here during COVID, didn't you? For you personally, why did you come back out to Woodside during that period with the fam? I'm obviously in the hospitality and events industry, so we were basically shut down overnight. So we are connected to high level experiences at major sporting events of which were not taking place with crowds. So uh, that was that box ticked in terms of, you know, my own job uh, being on the downside. My wife is also in hotels um, and, and no one was staying in luxury hotels in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and, and look, it was a time of great anxiety and, and we just wanted to be around family and, and you know, community really. Um, so we made the decision when we could to get out of Melbourne. Uh, there was the opportunity here to work on the family farm. Uh, we, we've got a small land holding ourselves down the road, so you know we're, we're a rates payer here, so we're able to get out and, and, and what have you. But importantly for me, our children were allowed to go to school, yeah. um, which was a massive thing that we could have ticked off. So all of a sudden, my wife is then having uh, her sons able to go to her local primary school. That was amazing and really special for the family, but he was also able to play local footy. It really is hard to fathom what we sort of went through down in Melbourne. And we're literally two and a half hours away and the freedoms down here were just so much, you know, so, so much vast in, in their difference. So that was really special for us. It gave, gave me a great opportunity to sort of reset and uh, revisit where I was at with life. I was lucky enough to get a job in technology, so uh, worked from home during that time. And outside of my own work hours, I just helped around the farm. Yeah. And uh, and that was great. And um, that's obviously when the opportunity arose with, with the pub. A, a big for sale sign came up during that time, and I was driving past it every day, going, "This is it. This yeah. is the time. You know. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll get out of this mess one day, and people will be going back to their pubs." It's a pretty cool story, and I think that's something that a lot of people are doing now is that they're resetting, and you mentioned that. And when the world gets turned on its head, well, how do you react? How do you do that? How did you go through that process yourself personally? Like, you're surrounded by events, you're dealing with big people, big names, um, but big, big events. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's shut down, you know, like major sporting codes and watching the NBA go first, and then it just filtered down all over the world. And then you're in this position of going, well, how do I provide for my family? How do we do this? And then the discussion with your partner in crime to go, all right, we're going regional. We're going home. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm going to say this. It really was full credit to the federal government for supporting people like us. Yep. We were protected. Um, and also the banks, right? So, you know, we're able to put stops on mortgages and what have you. I reckon that's the first thing. That, like, to be able to be protected, first and foremost, was essential. But, yeah, it was, it was a big decision for me. I mean, I'm a city boy at heart. Um, I hadn't spent 
more than a couple of weeks down the bush and what have you. So, uh, and then going back to live with your in-laws is, is something, <laughs> you know, it's also got its own challenges, but listen, they are the most amazing people and I can assure you that we ate well every night, um, especially living at the farm. You know, he's got, uh, you know, beef cattle and, yeah. and lambs and what have you. And so we ate really well and it was a huge decision, but yeah, A, we ticked that box of being protected, but B, we just thought, Let, let's get out and give the, our kids the, yeah. the space and, um, you know, the opportunity to play in local sport that they, we think they deserve. As you move back into your career and events and you're back up and running now, what sort of life lessons have you got out of that COVID period and have you changed a little bit? Because life before COVID is frantic. You know, you're working hours and trying to find this thing called balance as a dad and things like that. It's hard work. And then you find that and you're spending time with your kids and all of a sudden, oh, hang on, we're back up and running again. Has anything changed? Yeah, lots changed. Excuse me. I think there's a... I make a priority to do something for myself for 45 minutes every day. Yep. And usually that sort of relates to some sort of fitness or, or, or an element of looking after one's mental health. I reckon that was a great reset for me because often you find yourself in the office at seven o'clock and um, you know, getting home at 7 p.m. and having a meal and going to sleep and then doing it all again. So that was a really good reset for me. And I also found that you know, not only staying fit for my young boys was important, but, you know, the connection to mental wellness is, is definitely there when you exercise. So that was a really good thing for me. Uh, from a business point of view, unfortunately, you know, our events business is still at ground zero, right? So, so we've got a huge challenge on our hands because we've got those debt levels and things we've got to service from, from things that have gone on. So we've got a genuine challenge on our hands. So. I would say from a business point of view, um, people are still protective at the moment in terms of what they do attend. Um, it's going to take time. It's going to take time, but we're not going to leave any stone unturned. We're, we're just going to crack on and you know try and service our, our unbelievable customers that, that sort of keep coming back and hopefully a few more sort of sneak through the, sneak through the cracks in the coming months. Now... You're a handy sportsman, I know that for a fact. Uh, playing footy out here, how did you find it? Because Gippsland footy, a bit different, a bit rugged, paddocks can be a little bit deeper than others. <laughs> how did you find it playing out here at uh, Woodside? Oh, honestly, Ed, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. And, and I will say this open, openly and honestly, I, I was just an absolute battler um, <laughs> who played amateur footy down for Old Trinity. Yep. A grade amateur footy, really good standard of footy came down here and I was playing with private school kids and you know really young professionals and what have you and, and I'll just never forget it and I remember coming to Woodside and I was playing with farmers yep. fishermen and tradies yep. and there is a local indigenous I, I'm not going to say prison but it, it's a uh, call it a transition yep. centre and they were released on weekends to play footy for Woodside it was vastly different to where I'd come from but so enjoyable from an environment that was almost professional yeah. in the end you had to stretch and there was Powerade and ice baths to we'd have a tight loss geez you boys tried hard today and the slab of VBs would come in after the game like that was awesome you know so to have a, a couple of years you know off the back of what was half sort of serious footy it was just really nice to sort of enjoy it for what it was 
I love the cars around the ground. Yep. I love when they beat their horns. Yep. You know, I love the fact that, you know, all the locals are behind the canteen. There's just a great feel to country footy. Yep. And I think that our city counterparts could learn a lot about what community means and, and you know, getting around the local footy and netball club. It just means the world to these people. And I just loved it. Just loved it. Did you have a target on your back from uh, maybe home supporters or because uh, expectations come uh, with the name and things like that? And especially when really you're representing the folk family as well in some ways. How, how did that go? Oh, really good. Really good. <laughs> I, I, I reckon I learned a, a really harsh lesson early. Yep. And I probably thought I was a bit too big for my boots early on and probably didn't train as hard because, ah, you know, you're yep. coming from the city and you're driving all this way. Yep. So you you know, you're not able to get to training two nights a week. So that first season, I thought I'll just sort of breeze through this. Never forget it. I, I got tackled out here on the outer wing. I tried to take on about three blokes. <laughs> and this local fella uh, came into me a quarter time, put his arm around me. And he goes, mate, you need to give that handball. Yeah. You know, like he, he, and it was like this. No, I, I did. I've got to give that handball. And, and just go back to the sort of basics basics yeah. and the simple things of footy and so I learned a really harsh lesson my second year I got really fit and, and I, I put myself through a mini pre-season um, I actually employed a local Woodside guy who's down in Melbourne a guy by the name of Trav Ronaldson who's, who's got an amazing name down here yeah Trav Ronaldson is now the head of fitness for the Canberra Raiders right and he put me through a pre-season and, and that second season was a lot better for me so um yeah, it was very enjoyable. We didn't win many footy games, unfortunately, but um, yeah, it was it was it was great to, to play with a lot of these guys. Have the boots been hung up? Uh, yes, well and truly. All right, well done. and truly. Done. Yeah, well, I came back for one sort of game at Woodside just to help them out one day. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the old hammies are tightened up. And what about rolling your arm over? Uh, interestingly, I've. I've Got a clearance to the local, the Pelicans, the Yarram yeah. District Pelicans. So I, I promised them that I'd, you know, I, I'll obviously get back here for the pub over the summer. And I said I'd sort of pull the whites on for a Saturday or two just to help them out. But again, I, I would love that, you know, just to sort of get around, feel the local guys and see how we go. It's synthetic down here, you know that, don't you? Yeah, and two-piece yeah. balls, yeah. Which, which I'm not used to. <laughs> <laughs> which means plenty of swing for the viewers that don't know. Hey, Clint, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you uh, here at the Woodside Beach Hotel. It looks absolutely spectacular from the cognac room to the Dunkley wing or corner or whichever way you want to call it. Uh, you've got some wonderful beer gardens and I know you sort of eclipse phase one and you've got phase two and three and four and five and six coming down the track. We wish you all the best. It's been great to catch up with you, my friend, and um, keep doing what you're doing and well done to the team on reviving this old girl it looks absolutely spectacular no thanks ed appreciate your time and uh yeah feel free to come down to the, to the pub we're uh we're, we're very welcoming so it doesn't matter I, I know i've referred to this a lot today but it doesn't matter if you're a farmer fisherman or a group of ladies it's been created for you so uh so come down and uh we'll welcome you with uh, open arms thanks for joining us cheers ed a listener production